United States Senate is back in session today. This is Rumble. I'm Michael Moore. And before we get to what we're going to do today with our United States Senators, and that is our little project for this podcast, I want to just take a moment and thank everybody who's been listening to Rumble. This past weekend, after just 17 days of doing this podcast, we passed the million downloads, Mark, one million downloads of this podcast in its first 17 days. Uh, let me just say, when we went and spoke to the podcast Poobahs at the various uh, you know podcast places, platforms, nobody suggested that we have a million downloads on our 17th day. Um, you know, by the end of 2020, you guys should be doing, you know, pretty good. Uh, that was kind of the, the idea. We certainly didn't even believe that. That what really within a year we're going to, that's not what happened. Uh, we, we hit this mark very quickly. Uh, thanks to you for listening to this podcast. So we appreciate it greatly. And I've, I've posted my longer thank you to you on uh, Instagram and, and Facebook. And uh, so please, uh, if you get a chance to read it or comment, always feel free to comment. We love your comments uh, on the podcast platform. There's a comment section. Um, if you haven't subscribed yet, be sure and subscribe. You can review the podcast. You can rate it. Uh, there's uh, various things, that, and we appreciate all the all the feedback. Also this weekend, we've, uh, I think been on pins and needles regarding what's going to happen with um, a potential war or some retaliation uh, with Iran after our president ordered the assassination, the successful assassination of the top general of the uh, Revolutionary Guard in Iran. So we we had a couple of our emergency podcast system podcasts uh, over the weekend uh, this is a thing that we will occasionally do only when necessary, uh, when we will break with our normally scheduled podcasting programming and offer some instantaneous commentary, analysis, thoughts, feelings, uh, facts, Ooh, facts. So we call it our emergency podcast system. Uh, it's got a red screen. And when that comes up, we ask that you listen to it as soon as possible because because shit's going down, and we want everybody on board and aware and active. I'm one of those emergency podcasts. I recorded a open letter to the Ayatollah and the other leadership in Iran um, suggesting an alternative to violence as their response and offering myself and anyone else um, to represent the millions of Americans who don't go along with what's going on, don't want war, and we are willing to take it into our hands to do what we can nonviolently and democratically to remove uh, Donald Trump from any position of power. Um, I have not yet heard back uh, from the Ayatollah. Uh, I thought, well, you know what, maybe the guy doesn't read English. Uh, it's possible. I mean, I don't read Farsi. So I, I went on to Google, Google Translate <laughs> I have no idea if it translated it right, but I, I had my open letter to him translated into uh, Farsi, and then I, I sent that to him. So maybe that'll help. 
I know it's a long shot. Obviously, I'm, I'm not being totally facetious here, but I am very concerned. And there has to be a way to stop the bloodshed. It's just this shouldn't we should all agree in the 21st century. This is this is a thing of the past and it shouldn't it shouldn't work like this anymore. So we'll see what we'll stay on top of that. And if any, if there are, you know, developments that we feel that we need to hop on right away, we will do that. And you'll get a notice from us about uh, the, uh, the emergency podcast that will be coming to your way in a matter of possibly minutes. Um, but our job today is to recognize that our 50 United, uh, I'm sorry, 100 United, I don't 50, 50 United States senators, because you see in my mind, 53 of them, the 53 Republicans, the 53 enablers of this lunatic who sits in the White House, they don't even register in my mind as senators anymore. Isn't that awful? Because really seriously, I mean, I, I even though people might have been on the other side of the political fence for me, I never negated the fact that they were elected senators from their states. And my brain would not allow me to say that a half a minute ago, but they are, they are senators. There's 53 that vote on the Republican side and 47 that vote on the democratic side. And they are all back. They're all back in town today. And so I want to talk about something that practically nobody believes can happen except for me and maybe a few others. I've run this idea by a number of people. I was on an NPR show last week where I I went through the possibilities of a Senate trial and how how it could possibly result in Donald Trump's conviction and removal from office. Conviction and removal. And the host of the show said, "Wow, that's uh that's the first time I've um actually heard it explained where there's possibly a sliver of light where this could happen. So I've spent a lot of time researching and thinking uh, about this because I wanted to devote, you know, a podcast just to this and then have us do something. So at the end of this podcast, I have an ask for you to join with me in doing something today, uh, something I hope will have an impact because we just can't sit by and say, yeah, well, we got him impeached, but there's no way he can be removed because the Senate's full of Republicans. And that may be true, obviously. I mean, that's if you were putting money on this, I, I guess I'd encourage you to put money on the fact that nothing's going to happen to Trump in the Senate. But Speaker Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi, threw a huge wrench into this on the night that Donald Trump was impeached. She said that she was not going to send these articles of impeachment. In other words, the indictment. That's what the House does. They indict the Senate is the trial, and the senators are the jurors. And she said she's not going to send it over to a kangaroo court when Mitch McConnell and the Republicans have already said that um, not only have they already got their minds made up, they're working every day with people, staff in the White House, to coordinate th this, the trial. So in, in other words, the jurors are colluding with the criminal who's been indicted by the House of Representatives. And and they have said that they're not going to call any witnesses. <laughs> they're going to have a trial, okay? A trial with no witnesses. I mean, even on the worst episode of Law & Order, there's people sitting over in the box. Unless the accused has said that she or he 
doesn't want uh, uh, doesn't want a jury trial. They'll just let the judge decide. Okay, that, that's that's allowed. That can happen. But it's up to the it's up to the uh, it's up to the defendant. So Pelosi will not send the articles over until McConnell and the Republicans agree to have a real trial, a real trial with witnesses. And that's the standoff that's going on right now. McConnell has said any of a number of things in the last two weeks. He's said that to hell with Nancy Pelosi. I'm, we're just going to go ahead and have the trial anyways. That's what Trump wants them to do. Interestingly enough, Trump and the and the really crazy Republicans, they actually do want to call witnesses. They want to call Adam Schiff, the representative who was in charge of the impeachment hearings in the Intelligence Committee. They want to call him. They probably want to call Hillary. They want to they want to call uh, Biden and Biden's son. Okay, so so actually there are Republicans who want witnesses for their show trial, but McConnell has said so far no witnesses, and we're going to lickety split this thing and ram this right through so we can exonerate our our dear leader Donald Trump. So that's where the standoff is. You know, I think lawyers are trying to decide whether or not McConnell can go ahead and do it if if the Speaker of the House has not sent over the indictment yet, um, or does he have to wait? Does Nancy Pelosi ever send it over? Is there no trial at all? Trump wants his exoneration. He, he wants the trial. So he can say during the campaign trail that, you know, finally when I had my trial, here's what happened. I was exonerated. So, so there's that standoff going on. What I want to to say today on this podcast is that not only must there be a trial, it is critical that that trial have witnesses. Every poll I've seen of the American public when they ask the question, should there be witnesses in the Senate trial of Donald Trump? 70%, 72%. I mean, it's, it's most of the polls I've seen are massively in favor of there needs to be witnesses. And I'm and I'm talking about Democrats and Republicans across the country in these polls have said quite clearly, yes, of course there has to be witnesses. Well, it's a trial. So, the American people are strongly on the side of their of witnesses being called in the Senate. And because the Republicans are the majority, they get to pretty much set up the trial. But that also means that the Democrats as the minority will get to call their witnesses too. And that is something they don't want to have happen. So here's what I think we need to do and why we need to do it. We need to really push for the fact that there has to be witnesses because, and I think this is why McConnell and the you know Republican leadership do not want this to happen. They do not want this to happen because they're afraid of what some of the witnesses might say. So let me explain first how the math of this works. In order to convict Trump, two-thirds, more than two-thirds of the Senate has to, has to say yes. It's, uh, so that's 67 votes. They have to vote to convict. 67 senators are needed to convict Trump. Okay, so there's 53 uh, Republicans and there's 47 Democrats. There's only 47 Democrats. That means they need 20 Republicans to vote to convict. 20 Republicans. I know that sounds absolutely impossible. 
But what if John Bolton is called as a witness? This is something that Trump and the Republicans in the Senate do not want to have happen. John Bolton, Trump's former national security advisor, who was there, who had a front row seat at everything, and who is such a hardline hawk, such a hardline conservative. I mean, if you followed him over the years, you know what I'm talking about. This guy is totally batshit right-wing conservative. Except he's so he's such a believer in the way you know that Trump really isn't a believer in anything other than Trump. You know, he believes in himself. Bolton really believes. Bolton really, you know, if he were still there, he'd like the idea of starting a war. He's that he's that kind of, shall we say, thinker. But he's he's also here's what and here's the kind of the interesting thing about true believers. They have a conscience. They check in with that conscience of theirs to, to see if what they believe in is right or wrong. And, and the way they're going to go about the things they believe in is to remain true to themselves, true to their principles, true to their conscience. And John Bolton is the kind of individual um, who, if testifying, I believe would not perjure himself. In addition to that, he, uh, I think at this point it's pretty much confirmed he hates Donald Trump. He's on to the phoniness and the whole thing. He knows that Trump is not a true believer. He knows that Trump is not a Christian. He knows that Trump Trump will do whatever's best for Trump. Trump will get into bed with Kim from North Korea if it benefited Donald Trump. Bolton knows that and despises Trump for this. And, of course, Trump knew that that Bolton was not a real loyalist. Bolton was loyal to his beliefs, not to the man from Fifth Avenue. And so he fired Bolton. He got rid of Bolton this past year. If Bolton is to testify, what has to happen is, is that the prosecutor, the Dem- the Democratic prosecutor from the House, because remember, the House issues the indictment, and so they have to try the case in the Senate. So whoever they send over from the House, whether it's Schiff or, or whoever, Pelosi herself, they have to ask Bolton one uh, simple question. You're aware that the whistleblower informed us and the public that this phone call with the Ukrainian president, the notes of the call, the call itself, all the, after the call was over, You, people in the room, people on the call, knew that Trump had committed a crime, a crime of extortion, bribery, some would even say treason, I would say that, and right away, certain people knew that they had to hide all evidence of this call, and that's exactly what they did. They took they took the notes, the call, the whatever they had regarding the call, and they put it on a highly secure national security uh, computer server in the White House that very few people have access to. They knew they had to protect Trump because if word ever got out that he was extorting the president of another country in order to dig up dirt 
on his potential Democratic opponent, that could be the end of Trump. And so they hit it. And the only reason we know about it is because the whistleblower knew they hit it. The whistleblower knew who hit it. Only certain people have access to the server. If you go back to the beginning when Trump took office and the national security apparatus would not give security clearance to his son-in-law, Jared, would not give security clearance to uh, uh, Bannon and Steve Miller, Stephen Miller, and the, all these crazies that Trump brought in with him. The CIA and the NSA said, no, no, they don't get access. But because the president of the United States is the chief executive, he is the boss, he gets to decide and he gets to go against what his advisors and his national security people are telling him to do. And that's exactly what he did. And he gave security clearance to his daughter and his son-in-law and Stephen Miller and, you know, his true, loyal, hardcore people. So I'm guessing that means that they had access because they had the, the full security clearance that Trump gave them. They had access to the server. Is that possible? They could put things on the server. They could take things off the server. Their job as they knew it, and it still is today, is to protect Donald J. Trump. And they were going to get away with it. They were None of us ever would have known. Because no reporter, nobody, nobody could have hacked, nobody could have really gotten into this server to find out if we didn't have the whistleblower. But then we found out. And here, this is what makes John Bolton so dangerous. My friends listening to me right now, I want to ask you a question. Do you think that in the first three years of the Trump administration, that the Ukrainian phone call was the only thing put on and hidden in the national security server in the White House? Do you think that's the only time Trump broke the law, did something he shouldn't have done, said something he shouldn't have said? That's the only time it happened where his closest, most loyal people, his family, didn't say to themselves after a phone call, after a meeting, after something they saw Trump do, holy shit, put that on the server too. You and I know and I, I swear to God, if there are Republicans in your family, you, you could ask, I think even if they were honest, they would, they would say, okay, that's just the Ukrainian phone call. That, that is not the only thing in three years where Trump did something questionable. Trump did something illegal. Trump did something that would put his whole administration in jeopardy. You think that's the only time? Of course it isn't. My guess is that it's happened over and over and over again where they've had to cover up for him. And that information is on that server. Not just the Ukraine phone call, but all the other things we don't know about. And Bolton knows it. The question to Bolton on the witness stand. Sir, were you present at any other events other than the Ukrainian phone call where you witnessed the President of the United States take questionable action, said or did things that were potentially illegal? Yes, I was there for that. Do you know if the evidence of his activities was placed on this same secret server that the Ukrainian phone call was placed on? Yes, I, I believe it was. Do you think that in the two years before you had your job that you had before you were fired, had you heard that other things had been placed on the server? 
Yes, I had heard of those things too. Would you mind telling us what some of those things are? Whoa, whoa, my friends, at that moment, hopefully you will have set your DVR. You'll be at work, you'll be at school, you'll be asleep. When he tells us that the Ukraine call was kindergarten, that there were these other things that took place. And when the American public hears these other things, whatever they are, I swear to God, people, people are going to have had it. Republicans are going to have had it. Republican senators are going to realize at that moment when they hear one treasonous, illegal activity after another that has taken place in these last three years, the rats are going to jump from the ship. You're going to have your 20 Republicans. Very possible. You're going to have 10 Republicans who just to save their own ass are going to say, sorry, this is a bridge too far for me because there's already five right now, five, five to seven Republicans up this year for reelection that may not be reelected as a result of what's been going on. They're struggling to save their seats. And they have the senators who are not up this year. They're up in 2022 and 2024. You have all of them. We only need 10. We only need 10 of them. And then we need another 10 Republicans. Are, I don't know how to refer. Let's call them. Well, let's call them people of faith. Either religious faith or they operate from their conscience. Like, like Bolton. Like Bolton will not perjure himself. Bolton will not go to jail protecting Donald Trump. It's the last thing a true believer like him is going to do. But you've got the Mitt Romneys. You've got, you know, a, a devout Mormon who is offended by Trump. Do you think there's nine other Republicans, you know, real hardcore Christian Republicans and, and not fake Christian? I mean, they really believe. How disgusted do you think they are with Trump and his behavior and the way he talks and acts his view of women. What do you think? Think they, if they could, if they could see him go, do you think if they could save the Republican Party to them, putting in one of their own true believers, Mike Pence? It's possible, isn't it? If what they hear on that server beyond the Ukraine call is just too much for them to take. You only need 20 Republicans. Trump can keep the majority of the Republicans. There's 53 Republicans in the Senate. He can keep 33 of them and still be convicted and removed from office. Just 20 Republicans, half of them for their own religious reasons and half of them because they want to save their ass and save their Senate career, save their seat, get reelected. I know. I know what the possibilities are. I'm Again, I'm not going to Vegas for the odds on this. But what if what people, they, have to, they will have to subpoena that server. Now, of course, they're not going to give up that server. They're going to ignore this subpoena like every other subpoena. Except now there's a trial in place. And it may end up in the courts. And the Supreme Court may somehow allow him to not, you know, they'll call it a national security thing. But what if, what if this happens? Instead of going to the courts with a subpoena, you actually have the court sitting up there in the main chair in the Senate. The judge who presides over the trial of Donald J. Trump is none other than the chief justice of the United States Supreme Court. 
John Roberts. What if it's up to him? Oh, this is very frightening to Trump and to Republicans because Trump knows that Roberts, though a conservative, is not a loyalist to the Trump regime. In fact, Roberts has broken with the conservative majority on the court to vote with the liberals a number of times in the last few years, most notably when Obamacare made it all the way to the Supreme Court and the Republicans were certain now with their conservatives on the court that this would end Obamacare by taking the, the individual mandate out of the out of the law that would essentially kill Obamacare. And the day that the ruling was issued, it came out five to four in favor of Obamacare. What happened? Well, everybody was like shocked. What happened is, is that John Roberts broke with the conservatives on the court and voted to keep Obamacare. And let me just point this out. He just didn't vote to keep Obamacare. He asked to write the majority opinion that kept Obamacare alive, John Roberts. And that's not the only time that he's upset the right wing just this year. There have been at least three other times when Roberts has broken with the conservatives on the court and voted with the liberals. The Louisiana abortion, the highly restrictive abortion law that essentially just completely outlawed abortion uh, in uh, Louisiana, he voted with the liberals to overturn that Louisiana law. Remember when Trump on the upcoming census this year, he wanted a question on the census about whether you're a citizen or not. Wilbur Ross, the secretary of commerce, the commerce department conducts the census. Roberts voted with the liberals saying, no, you can't ask that question. And, and in, I believe he wrote the majority opinion on this one too. And in it, he basically calls Wilbur Ross, the commerce secretary, a liar. It's, it's stunning to read this. And um, he sided with the liberals on a death penalty case earlier in, in 2019. Roberts, if you're a conservative, cannot be trusted. They know that. And he is going to preside over the trial of Donald J. Trump. And when the prosecution says, our witness here, Mr. Bolton, has just told us that there is evidence in the White House of numerous instances of the president committing acts that could be anywhere from treason to extortion to bribery to, I mean, just think of, think of the possibilities. Just like, just, you know, I don't know, obviously I'm not, I don't have access to the server. My security clearance was denied by the uh, Trump uh, White House, but we can think about it, can't we? Because we know Trump, don't we? What, what, would, what would they uh, be hiding on that server of other activities that he might have been involved with in the White House? Certainly, any of a number of business dealings that benefit him or his family. Any discussion, any phone call, anything he might have done. Do you think he might have done something in the last three years that would have benefited himself financially, personally, pocketing millions from the fact that he's president of the United States. Do you think that's possible? Just possible. I think so. What about the things that, that he are, he is so obsessed about? Can you imagine once he, once he's given the power of the presidency, once he got to sit at that desk in the oval office, 
What does he think about every day? Hillary, Obama, Hillary, Obama, Obama, Hillary, Hillary, Obama, Obama, oh, Hillary, oh, Hillary, oh, oh. It's like he's, he can't get over these two. Anything that Obama did, he has worked undone simply because Obama did it. Okay, I'm going to propose a possibility here that's on that server. I don't think he ever gave up on the idea that Obama is not an American citizen, that Obama was not born in this country. I think he still believes that he was not born in the country, that he's probably a Muslim. And as soon as he got into the White House, he was going to use all the powers available to him to get to the truth because he had to suffer an embarrassment before the election by having to sort of kind of admit that maybe, yeah, okay, he was born in Hawaii, but he didn't believe it. He didn't believe it. And when he got into the White House, man, you can bet that he's thinking, now I have resources. Now we will find out. What if any activity he did to try to try to prove his crazy conspiracy theory that Obama was a Muslim from Kenya? What if that's on the server? What about all the Hillary stuff? What if as soon as he got in there, there's, there's calls, there's notes, there's evidence of him not giving up on trying to get Hillary's server, trying to find Hillary's emails, Benghazi, name any Hillary thing he was obsessed about, every lie he told and retold about Hillary Clinton. Pizzagate, Pizzagate, yeah, remember that one? This is the one where the right wing started this uh, rumor that Hillary Clinton and her husband and their friends ran a pedophile ring out of a back room in a pizza restaurant in Washington, D.C. What if there's evidence on the server of him trying to use his presidential resources to find out, to try to pin this pedophile ring on Hillary Clinton? He cannot get over the fact that she beat him a girl beat him. He has not given up on that. Remember that for the first two years, he was all about, I didn't lose by 3 million popular votes. The only reason that it looks, it looks like it's 3 million popular votes, he said, was illegals. Illegals voted for, for Clinton. And he set up a commission. You remember this? He had an election investigation commission to, uh, to prove that illegals voted for Hillary. What did he do? What abuse of office did he commit to try and pin that on Hillary Clinton to, to prove, because he so desperately needed to prove that he did not lose the popular vote, that the majority of the American people were with him and he was going to sit in that Oval Office and he was going to do whatever he needed to do to find that out. Could that possibly be on the server? Here's a dark one. Jamal Khashoggi, the Saudi, the Saudi citizen writer resident of the United States who wrote columns and other opinion pieces for the Jeff Bezos, Washington post, the Washington post, the most evil paper in the country, according to Donald Trump, more evil than the New York times. What if he knew that his Saudi friends, Jared's Saudi friends, what if they knew that they were going to take care of Khashoggi? What do you think? How much did he know? And how much of that information is on that, that hidden server? How much did they hide there? 
of Trump's knowledge, encouragement, that they take care of this Washington Post reporter. What if the American people heard that? That our president was either in on or knew about or turned his head the other way when a resident of this country was about to be slaughtered, slaughtered by Trump's very close friends from Saudi Arabia. I don't know. I don't, I'm not, look, I'm not privy to this. I don't have access to the server, but I'm only offering these as examples. I'm not offering them as conspiracy theories. I'm just saying to you that I believe, and I'm sure you believe that in his first three years, there's more than that Ukrainian phone call, things that we can't even dream up sitting here today. There is stuff on there, my friends, and we have to have that server. They can remove the the true national security stuff from it, but that has to be listened to by an objective party, maybe John Roberts himself. And he will determine what can be released as evidence. Because if he's truly the judge of this trial, he cannot not allow evidence, evidence of the president's wrongdoings into this trial. That's the last thing they want to see happen. That's why they don't want witnesses. That's why they don't want John Bolton anywhere near this. I truly believe this in my heart of hearts that the path to convicting and removing Trump is on that server where they hid the Ukrainian phone call because no way in three years was it just a Ukrainian phone call. And when our fellow Americans hear the other things that he's done, they're going to put their Rand McNally maps away. They've been looking, you know, trying to find where Ukraine is Ukraine, the Ukraine, whatever they've been trying to find it. And, uh, they don't have to look for it anymore because this is gonna, this is going to be far, far worse than the Ukrainian phone call. And that means it could be the end of Donald Trump conviction in the Senate removal. And then what? And then maybe prosecuted when he's a civilian. Well, he'll find some way to pardon himself before he goes. They'll work that out, I'm sure. Nonetheless, we will be rid of him. We can make this happen, my friends. The majority of Americans are already on our side. Over 70% say there must be witnesses at the Senate trial. So that means here's our job for today. Um, You have to call your two United States senators that represent the state you're in. If you don't know who they are, that's okay. I was going to say that's okay. It's not really okay. You should know who they are. But if you don't, that's okay. That's what you, got, you got a lot going on. We're all busy. All you have to do is call the Capitol switchboard. A human being answers the phone call. And she or he will direct you to, you just say your state. I'm from Michigan. And then she'll or he'll say, which of your two senators? You know, I forgot their names. And then she'll say, well, one is uh, Debbie Stabenow and uh, the other is Gary Peters. Oh, okay. Well, we'll start with Peters and put me through and they'll put you through to his office. And you may not get to speak to him, but you're going to speak to somebody there. And you're just going to say very briefly to them, look, I'm just calling because there has to be a real trial in the Senate, no kangaroo court there. And witnesses have to be called. And Pelosi, you believe should not send those articles of impeachment over until until it is established that John Roberts is going to run a real trial 
with evidence, with witnesses, just like any other trial. You need to call your senator, senators today. Call one today and call one tomorrow if you don't have the time. I'm telling you, this call will take 30 seconds. I'm going to give you the phone number to call. And you can play this back if you don't have something to write it down with. You can look it up. It's easy to look up online. I'll just give it to you right now. Here you go. To the United States Senate switchboard, 202, area code, 202-224-3121. I'll give it to you again. 202-224-3121. That's it. Make that call right now. Please make that call. Ask to speak to one of your two senators. Then call back today or tomorrow and ask to speak to the other one. And don't say to yourself, oh, I don't need to call. They're good Democrats. They're already going to. No, 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 no. This is a very specific thing we're asking for here. There must be witnesses. John Bolton must be called. Once that happens, Bolton will be the Alexander Butterfield of this of this uh, Senate trial. If you don't remember Alexander Butterfield, he was the witness at Nixon's impeachment hearing who revealed something nobody in the public knew before, which is that Nixon had tape recorded every single thing that happened in the Oval Office. Every phone call, every meeting, it's all on tape. There were tapes of everything. And that was the end of Nixon right there. This can be the end of Trump when it's revealed that it's not just the Ukrainian phone call on that server in the White House. We need to hear what else is on there. What else did he hide there? What else did his people hide there to protect him from this conviction and removal? Please, it's my my only ask of you today. Call your senator. You've got two of them. Just say the state you're from. They'll connect you. The phone number is 202-224-3121. Make that call. Maybe, and while you're at it too, throw in no war with Iran. Thank you for listening to this today. I think that there's this outside chance. And I'm just one of those crazy people that think if there's even an outside chance, let's go for it. Don't just sit back and say, oh, no, this isn't going to happen. Oh, he's, you know, the Republicans are not going to do this. You don't know. Stranger things have happened. That conservative Supreme Court voted to legalize same-sex marriage for, oh, come on. When did you see that coming? John Roberts sided with the liberals on the death penalty case, on an abortion case, on the asking in the census if you're a citizen or not. Nobody expected him to do that. Sometimes good things do happen. Sometimes people surprise us. This is one of these moments it can happen. We should be doing everything we can because we, we with, after what we saw happen this past week with Iran, We can't make it to November or next January with this person in the Oval Office. Please, my friends, call your senator. Right now, I'm going to end this podcast, 202-224-3121. If it's busy, the other number is almost the exact same number, 202-225-3121. So it's either 224-3121 or 225-3121. You'll get through and you'll have an impact, trust me. Even, especially the Republicans, if you're in a state with Republican senators, they need to hear this. They need to feel the groundswell. We need to melt the lines of that switchboard right now, 
right now, right now. I'm going to end it. This is Rumble with Michael Moore. We are going to convict and remove. That should be our mantra this week. Convict and remove. There must be witnesses in the Senate trial of Donald J. Trump. Let's do it right now. Right now.